0: Welcome to The Resume Storyteller, bringing you interviews with industry experts, regular folks who tested the job search waters and succeeded, and strategies to tell your story and land you job interviews. Here's your host, Virginia Franco.
1: Hey guys, I have with me LinkedIn branding pro, Liam Darmody. He is a well-rounded Ops executive with years of experience building and scaling, marketing, sales, customer, and people operations at tech companies. By day, he is a director of employer branding and talent attraction for digital strategy design and development company, Willowtree. And outside of work, he helps people to build their personal brands on LinkedIn and network their way into dream jobs. Um, So Liam, thank you so much for joining me. Um, As I said, or just before we jumped on, thanks for joining me while you're doing your day job as well. Oh,
0: very, 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 very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I feel fortunate that... uh, I work for a company that is uh, okay with folks doing their own personal stuff on the side when they want to, which is cool. So, uh,
1: well, I, I appreciate it. and I've I've been a fan of yours since the first guest started on the platform just what, a couple of years ago. I feel like it was so that's that's when I got to know of you, and I just I love the advice you share.
0: Thank you so much, and likewise, um, I, uh, I you're you're right. I started to double down on LinkedIn as a platform in. Uh, 2020. I've been on it since 2004 but but not in the sort of content creation capacity and right. you're one of the first people that I started following as well uh, and so oh, I have always enjoyed your content too Oh
1: wow well thank you so Pala tell, tell me what prompted you to sort of move into this helping job seekers mode and and work help people with their LinkedIn branding?
0: Sure. Uh, It's actually always been something that I've been passionate about. Um, I was heavily involved in recruiting when I was uh, in college for a few organizations that I was a part of uh, at university. And... um, I got my first job out of college as a recruiter in the tech space. And then I moved into corporate recruiting. And then from there sort of moved into different roles, startups and was always just sort of found my way into operations roles because people would throw problems at me and I'd fix them. And then I'd move on to the next one, which is kind of a kind of a good trait for an operations person. Um, and, uh, but I always kind of kept that people first focus. Um, and I always have been very, uh, attuned to the fact that LinkedIn is essentially the world's largest CRM um, <laughs> and, yep, and sort of internal yeah. company, you know, database, and so you can find pretty much anyone, right? And so when I was in, um, I guess in 2009 is when I started my first sort of uh, adventure of helping people understand how to leverage LinkedIn for their own, um, you know, job searching purposes. Sorry, let me just shut off my Slack here. Um, I can hear it. Okay. Um, and, you know, that, that's when I basically started to consult people and provide advice and teach them that, you know, you don't necessarily just have to, uh, apply through the job board and wait for somebody to get back to you because, you know, truth is you're not really setting yourself up for success in that way. If you can find a way to get in the door. Through somebody that already works there by making a good impression on them through networking, then that's the way you should go. And so there's a lot more of that type of consulting happening now than there was in 2010.
1: Yeah, um, you're right. It really wasn't taught. Talk- I mean, it was done, but I don't think it was talked about.
0: Yeah. Well, because there, I think back then there was a lot more of a focus on, um, you know, you don't want to disrespect the recruiters or the human resource team or right. things like that. And I can understand that certainly but they're also very busy and the, the you know I think the metric that stands out to me the most is that on average recruiters spend maybe 15 to 30 seconds looking at a resume before they've decided if they're going to move forward with considering that candidate or so right. like why it
1: sense they have so many to look at I, I mean I'm surprised they even spent that much absolutely
0: and so from an application standpoint if you're applying to a company that's really successful and you know really well known you know are you setting yourself up for success if you just kind of go that route um, and my answer to that question is no right um, mm-hmm. you need to put your best foot forward and put that in front of people who can get you in the door so that's when I started doing it I've always kind of done it mostly for friends and friends of friends um, and then you know the last two or three years as I've started to spend more time on LinkedIn creating um, you know more opportunities have come as a result of it and I'll do them when I have time but obviously as you mentioned my first priority is my current Full-time job.
1: That's right. Well, no, and I've I've always been an advocate of bypassing applying online as your first point of entry. Um, you need to have lots of points of entry, but I agree with you. There is nothing better than getting sort of a getting someone to help you get your foot in foot in the door. They don't open the they don't open the door wide open, but they open it a crack, and that sometimes that's all you need. And it's exactly. like, I always call it like the Dis, the Disney World fast pass.
0: <laughs> I love that. It's um, a great analogy.
1: So, I mean, you work with all sorts of job seekers, I imagine. Um, And I'd love—do you sort of see a couple of common challenge facing people that are looking to make a change or looking to land new jobs? Like, what's what's the biggest obstacle that you try to help them overcome?
0: Um, I think it is honing in on what they want to do, honing in on what companies they want to do that at, uh, and then figuring out how to craft a message that gets them in the door. Um, I think a lot of people will sort of say, I'll do anything. And it's like, well, anything right. is a very broad <laughs> thing. That's a very broad objective. Um, and it's also very hard to create a focused sort of marketing campaign. I mean, as ultimately, when you're trying to get a job at a new company, you're, you're marketing, you're selling yourself, yeah. right? And so if it's you don't have... A,
1: steps, right? Yeah, it's the same it's steps, steps to, as a marketing campaign.
0: So if you don't have a target audience in mind, if you don't have a target job that you're going after... Um, it makes it infinitely harder to do that. I mean, it's fine if that's, if your approach is to just apply online at every job, but I would argue it makes a lot more sense to say, okay, these are the jobs that I want. These are the companies that are hiring those jobs in my area that I would be keen to look into. Or if they're hiring remotely, like I just love their product. I love their marketing and their brand. Um, and, and then, you know, you kind of start to craft. A hit list or a target list of people that work at those mm-hmm. companies and the functions that you want to work in, and you start networking. Right, it's true networking. Um, and then hopefully, you make a good impression on a few of those folks, and your resume ends up getting sent to that same recruiting team that probably has your resume sitting in their inbox or in their ATS somewhere. But because it's sent from a referral at the company, right, it's going to get top consideration.
1: I guess, and so, right, it gets, it gets, yeah, it gets bubbles up to the top, and you're right. like, this is the same strategies that marketers use and sales folks use. They first they figure, that, you know, they understand the product and the benefits of it, but then they they figure out who are they, who do they need to prospect. They come right. up with their list and they start going after them.
0: Yep, absolutely, and I think that's one of the reasons that all of it sort of ties together. I mean, what my my background is. Varied, right? I've worked in sales operations, customer operations, marketing operations, product operations. So all of it was a, an operational component. Um, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, the idea of a funnel and a target audience and prospects and sales and marketing. Um, and you know, people say everyone is in sales. Uh, it's true. I think a lot of people don't like to hear that. And people think, Oh, I don't want to be in sales or I'm not good at sales. But at the end of the day, it's the sales is really just about being yourself and putting your best foot forward. That's right. Um, and everyone is in sales in that regard. Every exchange that yeah. you have is an opportunity to win somebody over.
1: That's so true. I tell my kids that all the time. Like you always, always treat everyone as if there's someone that you can win over and, and have in your in, well, your Rolodex. I sound like I'm a million year old years old, but have them in your <laughs> in your roster of people. But yeah. So That's is right. there something that you find that you're the job seekers you work with are, are surprised by when you start teaching them this process or when they start job searching that just sort of catches them off guard?
0: Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, how easy it is to find people um, and, and, and to develop a mindset of sort of a hunter, right? Where you're thinking, okay, this is the job I want. Let me go backwards and find people that work in the, you know, that role currently or people that are hiring. For that role currently at a company that I'm interested in. Uh, it's a different mindset for a lot of people. And so... Yeah, it's like... Think, rever- it's
1: reverse engineering, right?
0: Exactly. So getting into that mindset can be difficult. I think once people get into it and they realize like, Oh, this is actually not that hard. Um, it, it's kind of... It's almost empowering, right? They feel like they've, they can do the things that they didn't think they could do before, even if it is something as simple to somebody like myself as... Building a lead list and creating a target message, right? Um, you know, that's, that's a powerful thing. And people are, are very surprised by that. I think a lot of people are surprised by just how open the the web is. Um, you know, there are plenty of websites that can get you the email addresses of people that you're interested in speaking to or the email Mm -hmm. nomenclature of a specific company so you can email them directly at their office. Um, and people didn't know that, right? So, So those are things like, oh, wow, there's all this information out here that I didn't know about. And uh, And,
1: but but starting out with this is what I want to do and this is where I want to do it, then you know where to what emails you need to find.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean it's all about for me, it's always what is the role that you want to do. So if I if somebody comes to me and says, I have no idea what I want to do, here's what I've done in the past. I'll talk to them about what they've done in the past, what they like the most about the past work work that they've done, what they've liked the least, see if there are roles that sort of fit more to what they like, right? And then mm-hmm. say, okay, so find me some jobs that are, that appeal to you from a job description standpoint. Doesn't matter where they are, just find them and right. let me know what it is about that description that jumps out at you. Cool. Let's find companies that, that jump out at you. Give me five or 10 brands that are in your area that you, you, would be interested in working at or in the space that you're in that you'd be interested in working at. Cool. Now let's see if they have any, you know, jobs open for this. If they do great. If not. Do they hire people for this role at their company? You can find people that are doing the role at the company on LinkedIn, and, and I then, said
1: LinkedIn is all of. Like, you're right; it is that is the place where you can find half of this information out.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's very it, it, it is it is such a gigantic database of people. <laughs> um, everybody's there right now, whether they're active on it, whether they create content or not, whether they log in monthly, weekly. Only when they want to look for jobs, that that's you know data that we don't necessarily have. But the fact is that anybody that you pretty much want to find at a company is that's worth speaking to. Probably has a presence on there, and you can sort of find that. And the law of numbers kind of breaks out. So if you try and hit ten people up, and you get three people that respond, and then two or three people hop on a call with you from a company, great. See what happens. Right? Do that again with five or six more companies, and you know. Something should at some point materialize um, not always immediately, sometimes it takes time, but if you put that time in uh, the payoff is usually pretty great
1: so i mean it's a it's a very straight I, I when you spell it out like that it's a very straightforward process, so what do I want to do? where do I want to do it? Are they hiring yep. for that? who do I need to know or who who do I know or who do I need to know at those places yep and then yeah. that outreach starts from there,
0: yep. And, and I mean, you can even take it further, right? You can, you can follow people on LinkedIn. You can connect with people on LinkedIn. You can engage with their content so that, you know, over the, co- like there are a host of companies that I would love to someday work for, not right now, right? But there are a host of companies who I'm passionate about their products and their technology. And they seem like they have a really strong culture and brand. And I follow those companies and I follow their executives so that when they post material on LinkedIn, I can, add a comment to it and thought-provoking comment and you never know when that might turn into hey you know i really liked your comment on our post the other day would you like to have a conversation and that's kind of what happened to me in my current role um and that just is a testament to the power of of that platform
1: yeah do you feel like this goes to mind i was going to ask you what's the best piece of advice you could give to someone in terms of getting started and using linkedin to their advantage i've I've heard people say, "Yeah, with startups and smaller companies, you're going to find people that are super engaged on the platform. It's easy to follow their executives and, and make comments. But when you get to the larger companies, it's not so easy. I mean, you could always follow them, but I'd love what What's your advice on if someone really wants to work for a Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 company?
0: That's a really good question. Um, get on their radar. Yeah, I mean, it's a little different on on that side of things because, to your point. They're much larger organizations. They have a lot more structure, a lot more process. You're more inclined to get an email back from somebody that says, Hey, you know, submit your resume through the normal channels and they'll get back to you Mm -hmm. if they want to. But if you have, if you're able to craft a message that is really genuine, sincerely expressing interest in the business, showing that you are, you know, who you showing who you are and, 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 you know, why you want to learn and why you might be interested in working at that company, you know, you, you, you try enough. You might get somebody on the line that's like, you know what? I really like the way that you, you sort of carve yourself out, right? Cause I think a lot of people, uh, assume that, you know, hiring managers or directors, uh, and above, like, yes, they're very busy people, right? But they're also not getting bombarded by candidates like recruiters are. So yeah. if, you know, you have somebody that receives, you know, one or two Pitches from a candidate every month, you know, and they like the pitch, they'll respond to you. Right. And and they may, they may tell you go through the normal channels, at which point you're no better off than you were if you didn't do that. Right.
1: That's right. Um, right.
0: but it, so that's my, that's the other piece is like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right. That's right. <laughs> so no,
1: you're right. Do if, you, so if you give... it sounds like in terms of what, like what I'm hearing you say is that the discussions with the larger companies. Might not necessarily get started through back and forth social media chatter as much as through email pitches and things like that. Correct. Um, you want to be right? a lot more tar-
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's like in sales, right? You want to be more targeted about who you're going after, right? And so, um, again, that can be somewhat difficult, right? And you might have to send a bunch of emails. You might have to send dozens of emails out and spend a weekend right. crafting that message, but uh, you know, if you can create a compelling message and send it to a couple dozen folks who are, you know, in the role that you want to be in or hiring like a leader in that role, uh, you know, chances are you'll get some conversations going. And, and, you know, it might not result in a resume being submitted immediately. It might result in them coming back six months from now and saying, Hey, you know, are you still on the market? You know, I really liked our conversation. You know, we weren't hiring at the time, but we are now. Would you like to talk? Um, well, because... Yeah,
1: and, and I see that a lot where people will have the conversations <laughs> offline and then they, because they work for larger companies, they'll say, hey, the posting just came out, go apply. So it's not necessarily a hidden job market where jobs don't get posted. It's just that side conversations have been going on prior to the posting happening so that the person has a, you know, that they, they get leap, leapfrogged to the top of the line because yeah. those, that preliminary work's been done.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, again, the idea is just having awareness of who you are in, in people's minds and ha- having, you know, increasing the likelihood that serendipity will find you is kind of a way that Ooh, I, I like, like that. to phrase it, right? Like there are things that are completely serendipitous and out of nowhere. There are things that happen because we put them into motion, even if it's something as small as, you know, having a side conversation or, or sending a, you know, $10 Starbucks gift card to somebody and asking them if you can go grab a virtual Zoom coffee with them uh, to talk about what it's like to be in their organization and learn more about them and their business. Like That could lead to something and that's a worthwhile $10, you know?
1: I love that. Can you hear me okay? I sort of just cut out there for a sec. I can, yep. Okay, cool. Um, So what advice do you have for people? And I'm sure you get this where people say, I've been job hunting and it's not going well. Mm -hmm. You know, my resume sucks or whatever it is. What do you... How do you get them sort of back on track?
0: Um, I I, I think um, first and foremost, everybody's definition of, you know, not going well or my resume sucks is different. So, you know, (laughs) being able to help people, you first have to understand what what that means, right? And I think a lot of people are quick to to jump to self doubt uh, when, in actuality, you know it might not be as bad as they thought. Um, and I think sometimes people are also hesitant to work with professionals who understand the space and who mm-hmm. understand thinking differently. Like they're like, ah, I, I put my resume together. I don't need to work with somebody. But you know, five or six hundred bucks. If you're really serious about your job, like <laughs> five or six hundred bucks or however much it is, to get a resume put together by somebody who understands how to do that is very, very valuable, right? Um, and you know, doing it yeah. once every five five years or so, like it's a worthwhile investment. Because if the flip side is, you know, you just are delaying fixing it yourself because you don't feel like it's good enough, then you end up kind of going into a bit of a spiral of negativity. And yeah. and, and that can be difficult. And and there's nothing well, harder
1: I... than I couldn't agree more that people jump to the worst possible conclusion. The self-doubt creeps in and they start, or they start saying it's because I'm too old or it's because I'm too this or I'm too that. And it might be the case, but it might not be. But people right. always and, go there. Yeah.
0: And I think sometimes too, like it's, do you really know what you want? Right? It's, it's, right. it's teasing out, you know, how self-aware are you about the things that you really want and that you want to be going after? Um, because again, if you're just taking that approach of, broadly applying all over the place, and you're not really a fit for any of those positions fully, you're only partially a fit, then on the other end of that, the person looking at your resume is going to realize that and they're going to move to the candidate that's a little bit more qualified. But if you're highly targeted and have a really good understanding of what you want and what your value proposition is as it relates to that and what companies you want to try and get into, you can have a lot more success and feel more confident um, about the approach, I think. So that that's kind of a big piece. So of it the first for me. thing you
1: do is you make you really make sure they're clearly going after their target and take it from there. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Like I'll give you an example. When I was and in two thousand nine.
1: People... Oh, go ahead. In two thousand
0: nine, when I when I got uh, when I was one of the companies that I was with was acquired, and I was eventually uh, I had to let myself go eventually, um, and I wow. was fine with it. But but you know, at, at that point in time, I was. Starting to take calls with people, and a, a friend of mine was actually working at Accenture, and um, you know, spoke to me about connecting with me the partner there. And I was super excited to talk to this partner at a consulting firm. And I was like, I, would, I think I would love consulting because you know I'm I'm very scrappy and I love to have my hands in all sorts of different things. And and you know, th- this person was fantastic. He said, "Can I stop you for a second? And let me tell you how it works at management consulting firms. Like, you might you know sort of be it, it, you know, you be hired, you be put in a box." for two years and you'll be given a certain level of responsibility if you do that well you'll get put in a little bit of a bigger box and you'll do that work for two years and if you do that well you'll get put into a little bit of a bigger box and slowly but surely you'll increase your level of responsibility oh
1: and, and, like, and you'll that... leave on sunday and you won't see your family till thursday
0: that he didn't mention
1: but, <laughs> but
0: he but he was sort of honing in on the fact that i was describing a culture that i love to be a part of that wasn't the culture that he you know and he was happy to be where he was at, and he had no problem with the culture that he was. At. He was like, "I've been very successful here, and I love my my job." But it doesn't sound like you would. And to okay. me, like, I will never forget that conversation because it was
1: how what a eye, wonderful eye opening. Yeah, right. that what an amazing right? person to reflect that. Yeah,
0: and I think a lot of people in in his own shoes might have said, "Oh well, I don't want to like break this kid's heart or anything." Yeah. Like, he seems really excited Let him about figure this. figure it out,
1: right? But he did. He
0: did me a huge favor, right? And that's something that I sort of carry with me. I always try to make sure like, do, do you want to do that role? Why do you want to do that role? Uh, I don't know. I've always done that role. Okay, but are you passionate about that role? Do you like that role? Like, you know, are there skills that are in that role that you've done in the past that are transferable to other roles that might capitalize on some of your strengths more, right? Just really helping people talk through and crystallize what it is that they really want to go after and then creating a targeted strategy for them.
1: I love that. I love that. So, you did not go the huge, the top tier consulting route then. I did not. And, like, and there's
0: nothing wrong with that, right? It's a very, no, yeah. it's a Was great it industry. Right. It just, I, I'm kind of one of those people that loves to sort of get my hands into a bunch of different cookie jars and do a bunch of different stuff at once. And uh, I'm okay without having sort of a charted path that's very, very well defined. I, I, I'm right. I actually, I'm better in an environment where I don't have that.
1: Okay, All right, and that th- that self awareness is so important, and sometimes you need somebody else to reflect that back to you,
0: right? And sometimes no, no, it can, it can help. You. So what if it's somebody is... that's not? It, sometimes it helps that it's not somebody that you know, right? Like going to a person that can can coach you a little bit <laughs> because they don't have the personal biases or the personal component that's tied to that, right? It's it's different. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, my my wife and I joke sometimes. I'll say, you know, I'm a lot. She'll hear somebody say something. And uh, I'll be like, I, I said that, like I told you that a couple of months ago. And she's like, Yeah, it's different when it comes from somebody else, right? <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's true. Like
1: when you tell your kids, your kids don't listen. You can say, Yeah, they only listen exactly. when someone else says the same thing. Um, so what about the person that? I guess it's sort of like you, where they they've done a lots of lots of different things. They've had their hands on lots of different cookie jars, and they come to you and go, Well, I I, I, I can do all these things. Where how? Sh- how should I target my resume when I can do all these things and I want to show that to someone? What are your What are your thoughts on that?
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, I think you might be better prepared to have that conversation than I am. Or maybe um, that resume.
1: How do you How yeah. do you have to pitch their story on LinkedIn? Because with resumes, yeah. I can tweak the resume, right? But you can't tweak LinkedIn based on who's looking at it.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's an element of owning your story, right? Um, there, I am as an example. I'm a very sort of unique. Uh, type of person in the sense that, you know, I, I can kind of get thrown into things and, and figure things out. And I'm pretty adaptable. And I've got a number mm-hmm. of different experiences that I've relied on in the past to, you know, make me good at a bunch of stuff, but not necessarily a master of any, right? Jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. Um, and, and I've owned that, right? That's part of my story. I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. I'm not necessarily thinking about the fact that like, you know, I don't have, 15 years of experience in the exact same industry, building increased responsibility, increased responsibility, increased responsibility. I'm more excited by, you know, getting in at companies that are exciting, that are doing great work, that have fantastic people, uh, a great culture, you know, and, and are doing things that excite me and growing, right? Like that is really what I'm passionate about. And most of the companies that are in that space or in that specific situation, they need people like me who can come in and just yeah. kind of tackle all sorts of different stuff and build teams and then move on to different problems and build other teams. And, and, and that's what I love. So I think a lot of the times, again, it comes down to that self-awareness piece and you're like, Oh, I've done so many different things and I bounced back and forth. And I had that three months stint on my resume where I wasn't working. And it's like, that's okay. It's all okay. It's all part of your story. Like how do you craft the narrative around your story? And, and, and I think again, comes to self doubt. People are like, Oh, I just, uh, I, I just don't have like the same trajectory that my friends have, you know, or, or I haven't been working at the same company for a decade. That's who I
1: were, people. I'm like, my, my, my story looks like so different than everyone else's. It's not a hey, clear. But,
0: but it's your story. And it's for story. some reason that happened, right? And so it's like, well, what what is the, instead of viewing it through a negative lens, What is the positive enabling lens that you can look through, right? Why, what are the benefits of the story that you have? What, what, what did you learn from the things that you've done, the different experiences that you've had that add value to different organizations? And ultimately that drives, you know, how you think about what your target employer ends up being, right? Um, you know, maybe you don't want to go after the Fortune 100 or the Fortune 500 if you don't have 10 years of continuous experience and increased responsibility because that's not necessarily the right fit. I think the other thing that I have, I talk a lot about with people is interviewing and company match and like opportunity is not one way, right? It's a two-way process. Oh, yeah. it, seems, yeah. it seems very one-way, but one-sided, but it's it's a two-way process. And so if somebody doesn't hire you because they don't think that you will fit their culture or they don't think that you bring enough experience to the table, they've probably done you a favor as well as themselves Rather than hiring you and then learning three months later, or six months down the line, or a year down the line, that it's just not a good fit. You're both kind of like, well, we sunk all this cost and time and effort in, and it's not working out, and that's frustrating. So it's like, great, you know, if, 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 if you know, if, if I'm,
1: you know, and when, not, when you were saying about being a Jack Voltrade's master of none, and that's your story, I would even take it a step further with LinkedIn and should, When you you, if you're crafting the narrative within the lens of. The company that you kinds of companies that you want to attract and that company culture, Mm -hmm. then you're gonna, you know, then you've created a brand that you know, and brands by their very nature either attract people or repel. And what you want is a story that attracts your people and repels the kinds of companies you're not interested in, right?
0: Exactly, and that can that can also be as simple as finding people that work in those organizations that, you know, by following certain hashtags or finding people that are talking about certain things, right? Like. I'm part of RevOps communities, and you know I'm I'm uh, always keeping in touch with people that are in operations and listening to operations podcasts. And so, you know, you can find things to, to, to talk about on the LinkedIn platform with people who specialize in something that you're interested in. That you never know where that could lead, right? Every little conversation is like a micro networking event on that platform. So, you know, how that, do you that's...
1: find the hashtags to follow for people that aren't as familiar with the platform?
0: Yeah, um, so. You can, you can type in any hashtag and you'll be able to sort of pull up posts that have it. And then if you click on an actual hashtag itself, it'll show you how many followers that hashtag has. There's a resource from Andy Foote, who is a, a, a LinkedIn master yeah. and good friend of mine who has a website called linkedinsights.com. And he has a list that he puts out and that's updates great. on a regular okay. basis. And that's really helpful. I have that bookmarked in my browser. Uh, and I reference it every single time I post something. Um, because th- it that's does a really, you know, really good hashtags do matter. Um, it, on that platform, it's not the same as other platforms in that regard. Um, but no more than three. You don't want to post more than three to five hashtags typically. <laughs> right.
1: Right. 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 <laughs> you can follow more than three or five though.
0: Right. Yeah. But that also like, and I think that's one of the other pieces that a lot of people struggle with is like, well, what am I supposed to create? What kind of content am I supposed to create? You know, I don't even know where to start. Who wants to hear my story? What value do I have to add? And, you know, there's the first thing I tell people that are interested in creating a personal brand on the LinkedIn platform is you need to have some inspiration somewhere. So even if that's just following hashtags that interest you, you'll start to get content in your feed that gets your wheels going and gets you thinking about, Oh yeah, that's an interesting topic. Do I have something I can add to that? Can I turn that into a post? You know, those kinds of things. Um, that's really important. Um, oh yeah, and well. I mean,
1: for people that are nervous about putting out their own content, to me, commenting is such a great way to Huge. to start getting your name out there, test the waters. I, I take two months off every summer where all I do is comment, and I'll post the thing, and I love it. I nice. love it because it awesome. gets my creative juice is flowing, and um, and there's just so many people putting out really cool stuff, and mm-hmm. then I don't have to track what who's commenting online. <laughs> so
0: yep. no, totally. Uh, that's definitely a big part of the platform as well as it's very, I remember five or six years ago when I first saw LinkedIn sort of advertising the join the conversation slogan that they have. Um, I, I was like, what conversation? <laughs> you know, what are you, you know talking about? Um, right. I totally get it now. Um, yeah. you know, the comment section is where I have most fun on the platform. And and some, some days I'll wake up and I'm like, I have no idea if what I want to post or if I'm going to post today and then spend 20 minutes looking through other people's stuff and commenting and, inspiration might hit and then, and then off you go. You. And, yeah. and the other thing is like, people are so worried about who's going to see it, what they're going to think, et cetera, et cetera. It's literally a momentary flash on somebody's screen, right? And, and you know, that's the other thing that I think is important is, you know, if your colleagues and your bosses and whatnot have hired you, and, and, I mean, I'm assuming that they have an understanding of how you think and what your personality is like and that, that they have an appreciation for that, right? <laughs> and so if you're putting that out on a social media platform or on a professional networking platform, it's just an extension of what they see every day when they work with you. So why would they have an issue with it? Right? Just because they don't And I to think more out.
1: and more companies are getting on board with that. Um, some of the yeah. bigger regulated companies still have sure. rules around that stuff, but just know what the rules are.
0: Yep. No, that's, that's absolutely
1: right. So I'd love to uh, ask you about sort of a different topics, a little, it's been, we talk about it a lot on the platform, um, yeah. discrimination and all, all of the isms when it comes to hiring practices. Um, there's ageism, it's, you know, sexism, race, race all of the isms, I can't even speak today. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the topic and how to, how to address that on LinkedIn? Because there's strategies you can to use on resumes that don't apply again to LinkedIn because you can't tweak stuff accordingly. Um, is that something that comes up when you're coaching folks?
0: I don't, I don't typically, I haven't run into that issue yet. Um, all, all that much. And I think that's probably because um, in part, a lot of the, the folks that I'm, I'm, I'm working with are in sort of that startup realm where they want to work in startup companies. Okay. And so it's not necessary. I, I don't spend a ton of time working with, you know, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 people um, okay. that, you know, are 30 or 40 years They're in their are worried careers.
1: about the age stuff and all that, or too young or too old, none of that. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I don't, I don't have that. I haven't had that experience come across all that much. I think you know, instances where that has come across for me, a lot of it has to do with trying to shift Mindset a bit. It, it comes down to mindset again. It's like, like a lot of people are like, well, I've already put in 20 years into my career, 25 years into my career. And, you know, the way that I've applied to jobs have worked and up until this point, why shouldn't it happen the same way it always has? Right,
1: right, and right. The, the answer to that, that question is,
0: yeah, the answer to the question is that the world has changed. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, with, with, without being flippant about it, it's, it, that's the truth. And so there are very different, um, criteria that, are up for consideration when people are being being considered for jobs, and so, you know, you have to put your best foot forward, and you have to, you know, do your best to work your way around some of those blockers that might exist. You know, um, no, I
1: agree. It's funny. I mean, I'm I'm way old, and I've never gotten a job applying online. Period. Yeah, me, even me before neither. I, I mean, even 12, knew it was a thing, I always did it by talking to people I knew or yeah. getting to know people. I just yeah, didn't know there was not,
0: a term for it. But, and this was in the 20th yeah. century, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's the... And I think that that's the other thing that people sometimes forget is that, you know, if you put yourself out there and people start to like what they're seeing about you and how you think. I, I mean, I always say, you know, resumes resumes tell a story of what you did, right? LinkedIn is a place where you can tell who you are and how who you you think. are,
1: I know. And it's exciting to me to have that platform because before you to get that word out was so, I think was so much harder.
0: Right. Total. And 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 at the end of the day, you know, we are used to having these three or five or six hours worth of interviews at a company and then determining our three or four year commitment to that company in that short window of time talking to right. six different people. Right. Now you can research, what do these people think about? Do I have any similarities? I know, these I know. Oh, and that's
1: I I that's my f- what I—that is why the my favorite thing about LinkedIn is like you said—it's the world's greatest CRM and database. Um Or any yeah. I mean, and I, I, mean I
0: think it's and... it's a reputation platform, in my opinion. Right? I mean, people people I say like this that. is turning turning into Facebook, blah blah blah. It's like, what does that mean? Right? To me, that doesn't that doesn't really It's not a valid critique necessarily. Like, people are showing. Who they are on that platform, and that's a good thing because you're bringing yourself to the office. You're bringing yourself to whatever new job you're taking. People should right. be able to see what you're like prior to that, right? And, and assuming right. and hopefully, hopefully what,
1: they'll be smart about it and not wreck the reputation, right? Exactly,
0: right? Uh, and that's so that's kind of the thing that I think a lot of people struggle with a little bit. Is like, well, if I put myself out there, like, what if they don't like me? Well, <laughs> if they don't like you on there, and you know they they might have saved you the hassle of coming into an interview and. Maybe accepting a job that you wouldn't end up liking. Like you don't know, right? And that's the thing. Like people can just keep scrolling and opportunities will come right. and go. And so I think who you are being consistent about that on the, on the platform is probably one of the biggest messages that I always convey. Um, because if people like what they see and they can envision themselves working with you and you're going into an interview with that, that team, I mean, it puts you in a different position.
1: No, I agree with that. I agree with that. And people aren't caught off guard, right? By right. who they think you are and who they... Yeah. Right. So what drives you most nuts when it comes to job seeker mishaps on LinkedIn? I know, I'm sure there's a bunch, but is there something that you just look at and go, oh, this is such an easy fix?
0: For folks that are trying to find jobs through the platform?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean I think it's everything comes down to the self-awareness piece we've covered. I think patience mm-hmm. is the other piece, right? Yeah,
1: um does not happen overnight, right?
0: It definitely doesn't happen overnight whether it's you're building a, when you're, you're trying to build a following and a consistent sort of personal brand. That takes a long time. Um if it's if it's less about that and more about just finding jobs and putting in the work. I mean, there's a lot of people who might say, well, I'm going to, you know, apply this weekend to a bunch of jobs and create a bunch of a target hit list. And then they don't come back to that list for five weeks, right? Um, because they just don't really see the value. Like they, they need immediate gratification or they need to see that something's moving. It's like, well, you're just planting seeds. You're putting things out there like some activity is better than no activity. And eventually... And, that's, something and you're pops. right. And
1: then, but you have nothing to show for it except for the business busyness. But that is hard exactly. because when you apply on, you can say, I applied to 100 jobs and... Blah, 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 and when you it, when people. I do find that when people track, I have sent this many emails out. I have a list of 10 companies. I've come up with three names and I've had two coffees that appeals to people that need to be able to check to have a list and checklist and check, you know mark yeah. things off.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, a little bit of structure goes a long way. Holding yourself accountable, measuring your results goes a long way. I mean, I have a template that I give to people when we start talking to each other about that stuff. And it's like, you know, I expect you to have at least 10 companies and I expect you to have at least 10 people from each company, uh, in that sheet, you know, that, that, and you're tracking your outreach, you know, have you sent three emails? Have you sent an in-mail, you know, um, because that's the other piece is persistence. People see persistence as, as annoyance. And in some cases, it certainly yeah. can be, but in other cases, it can be viewed as determination and, and passion and drive. Uh, and so if you as a person, or a potential employee or potential candidate are really gung-ho about a company and you send a, you know, a, a director or a VP at that organization, three or four well-crafted, short messages or a Loom video introducing yourself or something, You know they'll probably ignore the first one because they're too busy. They might ignore the second one for the same purpose. The third one, they're gonna be like, well, they're going to start thinking like, is this person just going to keep emailing me until I respond back? Right, right. And then you'll see what their nature is. They'll either say, I appreciate your persistence. Let's hop on a call and we can talk, or they'll say, I can't really help you right now. You know, check in with me in three months, or they'll say, leave me alone. Either way, you have an answer. Right. And that's at the end of the day in sales, you know, you always want to have an answer to the, to the conversation. Is it a yes? Is it a no? Like, is it a no, not right now? Um, is it a no, not ever? Right. Uh, it's important to have to walk away with that. And so persistence persistence and patience are key.
1: I you know, I agree. And, and um, Hannah Morgan, she has a. She recommends that people on the persistence piece alternate with outreach when it comes to job ser- job search. Yeah. To do an email and then alternate with a voicemail and then follow up with an email again. That way, it sort of it walks that fine line between feeling like a stalker and showing interest and persistence.
0: Yep.
1: Which I thought was. I, I like that, especially for people that are worried that they're being too much of a pest.
0: Yeah, no, that's great advice, for, especially for folks that are not fully comfortable with it. Um, you know, and I think that... And video is not off the table either, right? I mean, LinkedIn, oh, you and, can send and a so, voice yeah, message. There's all these and different video. ways
1: now to do it. Yeah, and there's even right. text. I mean, there's all sorts of ways, so...
0: And, and every different medium gives you an opportunity to show a different side of yourself and tell a different story a or tell the same story in a different way and provide context. And you never know how that context might resonate with somebody. So giving it a shot is better than
1: not. I love that. No, that's so true. Um, so well, second to last question, you are at a party with someone and they come up to you and say, okay, I'm going to start job searching. What are a couple tools that I need in my arsenal? What would you say to that? I think I don't want to hear it.
0: You need a resume. Uh, you need access to LinkedIn if I was you and you're trying to search for jobs you need to probably pay for access to LinkedIn first. I was going to ask you to try out the
1: the paid one. Okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely because it opens up different levels of search. So I mean, um I used to pay for Sales Navigator just because I liked having the ability to search the entire database um right. of people. Uh that's 80 bucks a month. They have a I think $29 plan, $59 plan. Um okay. And so definitely recommend that because it just makes it, you know, if you search for people, you're limited to a hundred research results. If you don't pay, if you pay, you have access to more. Um, you have more filters, more powerful capabilities to search and find people. And LinkedIn Um, gives you 30
1: days free. So you can always test it.
0: That's correct. Yep. And it's a month to month commitment. So you can always once you get hired, you just you can stop it if you want to. Yeah,
1: done. Um
0: I think there's that piece. Um I think you need a tool like Mailscoop or Hunter.io that can help you figure out what the email addresses are for people if you're trying to get yeah. your foot in the door um uh, through, you know, uh email or um I think you want to try and follow people and connect with people, like identify people that are in the space that you're in who might work at the company that you're interested in working at and follow them or connect with them. Uh comment on their conversations online, you know, just get your get your face in there in front of them. Uh, in some capacity, because you never know what kind of an impression you might leave, and then you know maybe you reach out two or three weeks later, and you're like, hey, you know, I started following you three weeks ago. I really like your content. I'm really passionate about this stuff, and I actually like your company. You know, do you think you'd ever be willing to have a conversation with me about what it's like to work there? And if you are somebody who's left comments on that person's c- content, then they be like, oh yeah, I remember your name. I've seen your name. They're going
1: to remember. But yeah, it's a much warmer out.
0: conversation, right?
1: right um you know, so that's you, you, th- you know those the your list you're, you're, you're referencing male scoop and hunter i have tried to stump male scoop more times than i can count and i've yet to do it so that yeah. to me that's just the best for
0: getting well, emails he knows, so knows what he's doing he knows yeah. the stuff
1: i know it. i know i told him that, you know before his baby was born i'm like i have tried Um, all right. So you have two jobs, you're coaching people, you're active on the platform. What is next for you in the rest of this year and into next?
0: I'm loving where I'm at right now. I I work at, you know, I work at Willowtree, like you mentioned, which is a digital product agency that works with fortune 500 companies. And, um, you know, we're based in markets like Charlottesville and Durham and Columbus. And we hire a lot of really, really fantastic technical talent. Uh, to build mobile applications and, and technology software that larger companies need built uh, and need help with, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, you know, we have big plans to grow the business, and um, you know, I'm sort of back in the saddle of of recruiting so, so somewhat. and working in talent attraction and employer branding, which you know is something that I've always been really passionate about, and so I feel very lucky what to be in that fit. spot. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's like That's serendipity, so cool. right? That's kind of one of those things where. Uh, you know, I was approached to, to talk to them about a certain role and then this other role that they were thinking about creating a team around um came about and, you know, this was looked like it seems like with your operations background as well as all the creative sort of stuff that you put out there, like, you seem like you might be able to pull this this job off. Is this something that's interesting to you? And I was like, yeah, that sounds fantastic, right? Um, And so, you know, again, like that's just you never know who's looking and who's reading and what they're thinking. And so, uh, opportunities can create themselves just by you putting yourself out there and being who you are. So I'm very focused on, on willetry right now so much so that I mean, I'm not really doing a ton of, of my coaching and consulting stuff on the side. I mean, I, I love doing conversations like this and having conversations with people like yourself. who have been following for so long. Um, and, and I'm always happy to help people out, but I, I don't have a ton of time to do the, the side thing at the moment. And that's, that's perfectly fine by me because I'm, uh, I, I find myself spending full, more time,
1: full plate. yeah, I have well, to find I, myself I, spending
0: more time at my at, at my my current job, like doing more work at night than you know, because i'm I'm so enthralled in what I'm doing. and that's that's really fantastic. And so, you know, uh, I think for well, now, that, I'm that's... probably.
1: So and if people want to connect with you, I have I've included in your bio your LinkedIn tree and um, just your uh, your LinkedIn URL. But the tree has your handles on Clubhouse, Instagram, your website, all of that. Are those is that the best place to sort of?
0: Yeah, link is probably the you? best spot. LinkedIn is the okay. best place to get a response from me because <laughs> uh, I am always I have always got it open. Um, yeah, but uh, as for other other places to find me, then uh, yeah, the link tree. Pretty nifty tool they've built. I like it.
1: Oh my gosh. I have another one called Sleep Bio, which is similar. Nice. Yeah. So there's, both, there's a couple both. of them out
0: there. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting how, you know, there's so many places that we can leave our mark online these days. And, you know, you, you know I didn't one, really one think about it until it, and they brought each it Each one is
1: a different, op- is an opportunity to tell your, your story and hear your, your, your voice told in a slightly different way. I love that perspective.
0: Awesome. I'm glad to hear it.
1: Well, Liam, thank you so much for taking the time. Go back to your, uh, lunch hour, what's left of it. Um, I will. But thank you so much for having me. Lots of great insights.
0: Yeah. I, I really appreciate this. It's been fantastic. Honestly, I, um, when I started building content on, on LinkedIn, I, I thought of people like yourself and I was like, I wonder if I can ever be like those folks. <laughs> and now I'm oh talking to you, which feels, it feels there amazing. So I'm a little <laughs> bit, a little bit, a little bit starstruck, but, uh, but it's been great. Um, connecting with you live and uh, I, I love what you do and what you do for all of your, your clients for the larger community in general so um, it's been a real pleasure talking with you I really appreciate it
1: Same here thank you You've been listening to The Resume
0: Storyteller with Virginia Franco To learn more about storytelling strategies to catch the eye of today's online skim hiring and decision makers please visit www virginiafrancoresumes.com.